like to extend a very heartfelt welcome to you all. This yearly gathering for the three-month retreat is really quite a joyous event. Even as that may be mixed with other feelings of fear and trepidation and anxiety, it's quite an amazing thing that happens each year in September. To begin with, I would like to introduce the teaching team for this retreat. On the far right, my far right, is Stephen Smith and Carol Wilson. Michelle McDonald-Smith, Steve Armstrong, and I'm Joseph Goldstein. What happens as we come together during this time, it's as if we create a certain island or place of refuge in the very busy and often crazy world that we live in. For the next two days, we'll all be together and meeting one another and talking and working together. Then on Friday evening, Another bell will ring and we'll enter into a whole new realm, a whole new world. It's a world of silence. It's a world of depth. It's a world of solitude. It's also a world of oneness where we can experience in a very direct way, in a very profound way, the interconnectedness, not only of us all here together, but of all beings, of all things. In this world that we're going to enter and create, there is a tremendous immediacy of experience precisely because we're no longer distracting ourselves very much. We come together in this situation where there aren't a lot of diversions, not a lot of distractions. And so, inevitably, we come face-to-face face with ourselves. And that's a tremendous discovery. It's really what so many people in this world are looking for, but don't quite know how to find. In some way, I see Dharma practice as 
the master game in life. Because it's about discovering the nature of life itself. In our practice, we address the most profound questions. Questions that people often have in their minds, but in the busyness of life, cover over or don't have time for. questions about the nature of who we are, the nature of our body, the nature of our mind, the nature of awareness itself. In a very immediate and direct way, our Dharma practice (coughs) investigates the source or the causes of discontent in our lives, of the suffering in our lives. Not on a theoretical basis, through a very direct, immediate experience. (coughs) And we also begin to taste through our practice a genuine sense, genuine experience of peace, of freedom. Most of you are quite experienced practitioners. And as you know very well, this is not an easy task. It's straightforward, it's direct, it's simple, but it's not so easy. Because we have such strong habits in our minds of judging, of comparing, of living in the past, of living in the future. It's very difficult to stay awake. It's not difficult to be awake. It's difficult to stay awake. So it takes a very strong commitment. Where does this commitment come from? I mean, all of you in coming here for this long retreat, whether it's six weeks or three months, by worldly standards, that's an amazing commitment. I mean, most people would think spending a day in silence is almost unthinkable. And here you've all signed up for a marathon. It's tremendously inspiring. Where does this commitment come from and how can we nurture it? How can we actually strengthen it during our time here? For me, one of the greatest sources of commitment and energy to practice is the quality of interest that quality of willingness to look and interest in discovering, 
and discovering the whole range of what may be there. Because when we come from a place of interest and of willingness and of openness, then even when it's difficult, it's not particularly coming from a place of struggle. Because we want to find out, we want to discover. It's as if our motivating energy is this strong desire to understand. In the course of this retreat, whether you're here for six weeks or the full three months, there will be a lot of surprises. And we usually come to a retreat with all kinds of expectations and models of how we think it's going to be or how we would like it to be. It never is. There's no knowing what's going to arise, what's going to come up. Sometimes it's tremendously pleasant and enjoyable and interesting. And at other times, it's unpleasant and painful and boring and discouraging. Can we take interest in it all? The foundation or the basis of this interest and one that carries us or supports us through all of our practice, through our lifetime, is that very essential quality of metta, of loving kindness, that we have for ourselves as well as all others. Can we approach our practice from that place of friendliness, of loving care. There's a line from a poem by a 13th century samurai. Perhaps later in the retreat we'll read more of this poem, which is quite beautiful. This one line in it says, I make my mind my friend. If nothing else were accomplished during these three months, but that we made our minds our friend, that would be a great event. I think the Davids would rain down flowers. Because if we can truly, deeply, meaningfully become friends with ourselves, then we can deeply be friends with all others. So it's helpful to reflect on this and to enter into the retreat, enter into this practice with this attitude and feeling of friendliness, of loving care towards whatever may arise. You know, those things that are easy and those things that are difficult.
interest or openness or willingness is the first support for the great commitment that's needed in practice. The second support for this commitment is the spirit, the understanding of renunciation. Now, for this three months, IMS becomes a great meditation monastery. That's what's being created by all of us here. And the power of all monasteries, all practice monasteries, is the power of renunciation. comes from understanding this. One thing that we renounce in coming on retreat, we renounce pleasure as the guiding principle of our choices, which it often is in our lives. Because in this great path of awakening, of freedom, We want to and we need to open to the full range of our experience. We need to explore and discover what's painful as well as what's pleasant. If we want to understand and be free of suffering, we need to understand suffering. And so we renounce this idea that for an experience to be beneficial, it has to be pleasurable. That's a powerful renunciation coming from our society and culture. We begin to take a much bigger picture. We really come to a place of silence which embraces the whole range of what arises. It embraces the pain, it embraces the happiness, and we hold it all. We understand it all. For this time, there's also a renunciation of family and friends. One of the great power of an extended retreat is the power of silence. that for this period of time, we give up on more usual interpersonal relationships. And this silence, this solitude, is wonderfully beautiful. And it's so rare in our lives and rare in our culture. Three months of silence can be this great sigh of relief. And in that silence, there is tremendous lucidity and clarity and connectedness. Silence is a great beauty 
which we often overlook in the more ordinary aspects of our lives. There's also a renunciation, and perhaps this is the most profound level of renunciation that takes place during this time. We give up our preconceptions or our fixed ideas of ourselves, of other people, of the world, of how the world works. We give up our attachment to all the self-images which we've been cherishing for so long. The Dharma practice is the exploration of a very great mystery. And our preconceptions of how things are very often obscures that mystery and masks it. So we come together willing to give all of that up and just sit in the most fresh, the most immediate, the most willing way to discover exactly what presents itself. Krishnamurti described it in a very apt and incisive way. He called it freedom from the known. A few reminders of things you all know quite well, I'm sure. But perhaps if you reflect on them, in these next few days, they will be a support for you as the practice continues. The first reminder is that it is natural and inevitable <coughs> to go through many ups and downs <coughs> of moods, emotions, feelings, so often we have the idea, <coughs> excuse me, we have the idea that if it feels good, the practice is going well. And if it doesn't feel good, the practice is stuck. The great and obvious teaching of the Buddha that everything changes becomes so obvious as we practice. We shouldn't exempt from that insight, that awareness, our own mental states. It will change, and there will be a roller coaster of feelings. If you can stay aware that this is natural, this is how things are, then we don't get out of balance with it. We learn to ride the roller coaster. 
We even learn to enjoy the ride as it goes plunging down, speeding up. All the feelings we go through, all the mind states, all the emotions, all the moods, all the ups and downs are simply a display of changing conditions. It's like the weather. When the great thunderstorms roll in, sit back and enjoy them. This remembrance, this recollection, this attitude will, can be a source of great strength for you. Second reminder, and all of these will be spoken about at great length during the retreat, is that meditation is not thinking about things. There's a phenomenon that happens. There's a phenomenon that happens in courses We could call it Vipassana brilliance. You know, we sit and it's quiet and nobody's bothering us and our minds become brilliant. We have the most wonderful creative ideas. We start solving all of our relationship problems and write the great American novel and design the perfect meditation center, whatever it may be. It's quite natural that all of this brilliant creativity will emerge. What's helpful as it does is the mantra. There's a little mantra here that you can use. Nothing is worth thinking about. From the perspective of meditation, from a worldly perspective, thought can be very useful. From a meditative perspective, it's just another passing phenomenon. Just to have in kind of the background of your awareness, this understanding, this recollection, it helps helps us to continuously let it go, let it go, and let it go. You actually need not worry about running out of thoughts. (laughs) They will keep coming. But there's an understanding here that's important, and that is that the deepening of insight or the process of awakening is not discursive. It's not a discursive process. It's an intuitive process. But as we sit and we pay attention, we rest in awareness, we notice what's happening, and quite intuitively and spontaneously we begin to open to new spaces new kinds of understanding. 
there begins to be different ways of relationship, different ways of relating to experience. All of this happens not through the thought process. It happens through the power of mindfulness, through the power of awareness. We begin going increasingly from the prison of our own individual personal story in history to something that is much more universal, much more interconnected. And that's a great opening. It's a great freedom. Today was really wonderful as you know, many of you started arriving and pulling into the driveway, met with many of you. There's this very special three-month course energy that begins to happen. You know, and it really starts to imbue this whole center. This is the 20th three-month retreat that we've done. So there's a whole generation of practitioners dedicated in a very fundamental way to liberation, to awakening, to freedom. And all of us sitting here together are really the heirs of all of those practitioners. A lot of people have sat in this hall, watching their breath, watching the mind. And there's a great power. As we come together for the retreat, it feels to me also as if the Deva Dharma protectors also settle in. You know, and it's as if they create a cover of safety and of energy for our, for our own practice. Dalai Lama expressed it very beautifully. that as we practice, we're being held in the lap of the Buddha. And it's such a comforting image. We are all being held in the lap of the Buddha. I have tremendous delight and respect and appreciation for the level of commitment, the level of energy you bring to this. Thank you.
I too would like to welcome you to this really special time, special place. Joseph has mentioned in great with great understanding what it is we're doing here. I want to offer another perspective. What we're doing here is creating a home and a community for the next three months. And all of us here in this building, in this room, and in the building, and around. Create the Dharma family. The family of those who cherish the truth. The community of those who seek to awaken. And in that sense, we serve each other by the power of our intention to be here, to be awake, and by our commitment to live with integrity in this community. We really serve each other with our commitment, with our energy, with our patience, helping ourselves and each other to wake up, learn to love and be friendly. And in this community, as in any other community, we all share what we have. We share what we can to make this community happen. We share our time, our skills, our understanding, our resources, our energy, our knowledge. And collectively, we all get the benefit of what we each offer. I haven't been here for all 20 of the three-month retreats. I was here for the first one, and a few in between as a staff member, and a few more as a contractor and a board member, and the last several as a teacher. So I've seen this community work from all sides, having been in each of the positions to view it. And it really does feel like a home from wherever you sit, from wherever you walk, or from wherever you work here.
one of the foundations for this community is the agreements that we have with each other in being here. It's the agreements to live with the precepts, to live with a kind heart towards our uh, fellow community members. And there'll be more talk on the precepts tomorrow, but I just want to mention that even though the intensive practice doesn't begin today, it will in a couple of days, we begin living with our community agreements, living with the precepts, undertaking the agreements not to harm any life here, undertaking the agreement to use our resources wisely, to not take what's not offered, and to be uh, respectful of what we need and what others need in order to be here. Undertaking the commitment to live with the truth, to speak the truth, to behave truthfully towards each other. Undertaking the agreement to, for the duration of this retreat, to refrain from expressing our sexual energy, but to keep it within, to use that energy for understanding, for clarity, for seeing deeply into how we are moved by our sexual energy. And that means being celibate. And also undertaking the agreement not to indulge in the use of uh, stimulants or intoxicants or anything which can um, cloud the mind other than that which is prescribed by a doctor. Understanding that this practice to awaken requires the utmost clarity of the mind. When we live with these agreements, when we understand that each and every one of us here will respect all forms of life, will not misappropriate resources, will not uh, express or act out sexual energy and the others, then we can really live with some safety, with a sense of feeling safe and secure here, knowing that we each have each other's best interest in mind, allowing ourselves and each other to be with ourselves. These agreements are powerful support for the development of tranquility, an essential ingredient in the awakening of understanding.
here in this community, it's important to understand that there are a lot of us here, whether we're staff or teachers or uh, yogis, there are work retreatants, there's a resident teacher, there are people that have a great deal to do with running this place or operating or maintaining this place that you'll never see here. As Joseph mentioned, we are the heirs of all of their work, their service, in order to make this happen. I want to take this opportunity to introduce to all of the newcomers here, the staff people who work here. They are, needless to say, essential. Um, they also use this opportunity here in service to us, in service to the Dharma, in service to the truth, in order to awaken themselves. They're not here just to work. They're here to practice. Their practice is service also. So, as I identify the sections of staff people, would those members of the staff who are here in that department please stand up and let the yogis recognize you and honor you in silent appreciation. In the Sometimes being on staff here, living here day in and day out, and seeing the coming and going of teachers and retreatants and uh, guests and the whole thing, we get a sense that we live here and other people are guests that just kind of stop by for a weekend or a week or ten days at the most, and then they're gone. But the three-month course is really special because we do stay so long for three months. We do all become very familiar with each other. And in order to smooth that transition from you being outside to being inside, the next couple of days are going to be an opportunity to um, get to know each other a little bit, get to know the staff a little bit, and to work with the staff here to see just what goes into making this happen so that you can feel a very integral part of this place and how it runs. And so we've scheduled a few uh, extended work periods, Thursday morning, afternoon, and Friday afternoon. These are um, not just a kind of a filler time between now and intensive practice. These are an essential part of getting connected to this community. And so if you haven't signed up for one of those work slots, I encourage you to take the opportunity to work beside some other yogis and work with some of the staff so that you can feel um, 
fully connected to all of us here and in the process do a lot of work that needs to be done. One of the um, conditions for coming to understanding and seeing deeply into the Dharma is uh, what's called cleanliness of inner and outer bases. And living in a very clean and orderly environment facilitates serenity, tranquility, and lucidity of the mind. And so much of what some of you will be doing tomorrow is cleaning, organizing, um, fixing up, arranging, whatever, around the place. It helps to uh, organize and clean up the mind. So please, if you have signed up, yeah, if you have signed up, you've made a commitment, and I encourage all of you to make a commitment and to be responsible to that commitment and to really show up and do your job for the extended length of time that the work period is. You won't regret it. During the remainder, after these two days, during the remainder of the retreat, there will be a work period each day. Or each of you will have some work to do each day, whether it's around the meal times or somewhere doing something. This also is uh, an essential ingredient for maintaining the smooth operation of the retreat for getting the meals done and getting the pots cleaned, getting the offices work done, and whatever it is you've chosen to do. Please consider this as practice. Most of our life is spent doing such activities in the world. And to bring, to learn how to bring mindfulness, awareness, and a sense of balance to such activity is essential. One of the conditions for opening to the Dharma is having a suitable location to practice. In the old days, it was said that monks would go to a place that they thought, monks or nuns, would go to a place where they wanted to practice, and they would stay for three days. And if something special didn't happen in their Dharma practice, then they would consider that not a very good place, and they'd move on. Well, here we have something special happening every day. It's your job. (laughs) The opportunity to awaken. So, you can stay. I have to read this note here. Also, during the next couple of days, um, there are uh, periods of silence and periods of talk. Look at the schedule on the bulletin board and 
respect the silence. There'll be uh, silence, of course, around the meals, in this meditation hall, in the walking rooms, uh, probably, and, and throughout all the evening. So respect the places and the times of silence. Um, and you can talk in the other times and places. There's a couple of other things that are happening tomorrow and Friday. I just want to mention that uh, tomorrow at 9 o'clock here will be a talk by the manager of the retreat, Ken, and you all should come as there's exquisite information. And on uh, there will be the work periods, morning and afternoon. On Friday at 9 o'clock here, there will be um, what's called the go-round, uh, a chance to introduce yourself to everyone, because you probably won't get a chance to talk to everyone uh, tomorrow. So it's just a chance to um, say something, if you wish, your name or where you're from. Um, so that's at 9 o'clock here on Friday. And then at 10 o'clock Friday, um, a friend of ours who comes, I think, every year now, um, will come and do what's called Feldenkrais movement work with you, if you wish, where it's really um, working with your posture and the subtle adjustments that can facilitate comfort and energy uh, in, in the sitting and walking practices that we'll be doing. So please come, if you wish, to that 10 o'clock Friday afternoon. Again, another work period. And then at 5 o'clock on Friday, silence will begin for the remainder of the retreat. Um, it will probably be very welcome by then. So. Do your little talking that you need. Make friends with your roommate, and uh, if you have one. And if you can, take care of whatever still ties you to the world outside, whether it's last phone calls or last letters or note cards or whatever it is. Give yourself the opportunity to leave that behind for a while. So, if you had come planning to write and call, do it in the next two days, and then be free. Also, um, from, for the next week, the maintenance people will be working in the meditation hall at night. So from 10 at night till 5 in the morning, the hall will be closed, and the maintenance will be taken care of some last-minute things here. So, got that. The other announcement is, um, oh yes, there's uh, information on the bulletin board, the red bulletin board out by the office? No. Red, red bulletin board in the main dining room that has information on it that you'll need about the extended work periods. So look at it tonight and uh, it'll give you the information of who, what, when, where, things like that.
So please uh, accept your responsibility to uh, integrate into this community by doing the work that needs to be done in the next couple of days. Any other? Again, I want to uh, welcome you all to the 20th annual, and um, I hope it's all that you, uh, I hope it's more than you uh, could expect it to be. So maybe we should sit for a few more minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.